Hi, I'm Tally, and this is First Day Back. This is a serialized podcast about me getting back to work after taking six years off to be with my kids. But once in a while, I do something different, and this is one of those times. After the last episode, I got a lot of emails from listeners, way more than usual. You had a lot of things to say about work and parenthood, and about how hard it is to know what to do with your life, with kids or without. If I had to sum up what I heard, it's this. It's really complicated. And a lot of you, like me, are not exactly where you want to be. So I asked people to send in recordings of themselves, talking about their situation. Hi, Tally. My name's Isabella, and I'm 33 years old. People send in tape from all over. This is Brian Gresco in New York. This is Jenny Stein, and I'm from Pittsburgh, Pennsylvania. I'm in kind of a large room with the window open because my cats love it. Editing these, I remembered how this is my comfort zone, telling other people's stories instead of my own. And I heard that other people are also mapping it out as they go along. I always worked in libraries throughout college, and then after college, and then through my master's degree. That's Dana. She lives in Madison, Wisconsin, is in her late 20s, and is just married. She's always been driven and worked hard with the expectation that it would lead to a good job in a library or archive. She even got a master's in library studies because she knew it would better her chances. Then, after working two low-paying library jobs for a while, she landed an interview for that big job she had been working towards. She called it my dream job. It was an all-day thing. I met with the dean and another dean and the head of the library and just I met everybody and it was a, a there was a dinner and a tour and and I came back. And a few days later I found out that I didn't get it. She didn't feel the way she thought she would feel. It just felt like this weight had been taken off me that I had basically been told, you're not cut out for this, you're not good enough for this. And that night I admitted something to myself and to Derek that I hadn't, my husband, that I hadn't realized, which was, I don't remember what I said exactly, but it was basically like, I want um, to work part-time and I want you to make the money right now and I want children um, and I want to st- we're recently married and ever since we got married I don't know I just wanted children suddenly and it kind of was a <sighs> but then I felt like such a failure to myself and um, to my mom and I guess uh, my mother's generation and of course feminism is that you can do Whatever you want. If you want to be a mother, you do you. And I totally believe that. But it was that I had always, like, I had gone through my whole life going to college. And then and then after college would be a great job. And after the master's degree would be an even better job. Like, suddenly family became more of a priority than me. Not saying that's a bad thing. It's just been, this this year has definitely been a struggle to, to come to terms with that. 
Isn't that funny that you have to come to terms with what you actually want to do? That sounds like me six years ago. Dana has been ambitious her whole life, but now wants kids. And she already feels that desire for family pulling at her professional life. I want to be like a voice of wisdom from the future, a feminist droid telling her not to worry. But then look at me. I'll just say to her what a friend recently said to me. What if you tell yourself that you can have it all? You just can't have it all at the same time. Hi, Tally. It's Ina. I'm from Montreal. Ina quit her executive track job after her first child was born. She felt like it wasn't exactly the right fit, and so a good time to regroup. Then she had another baby and figured she would wait until the kids were a bit older. She had every intention of going back to work. In fact, being home with the kids and not working was all the more surprising for her because... I was never one of these people who always wanted kids and just knew that kids were going to be part of my life. So to have had kids and sort of having to readjust, it's to make an adjustment that I'm not sure I was ever prepared to have made because it wasn't, it just wasn't part of the plan. Now when she looks at job postings, she can't see how she could jump back into the corporate world. Her family life works right now because she's super available making her kids lunches, driving them where they need to go, helping them with homework. Once you start doing all that stuff, it's surprising how hard it is to hand it off to a babysitter. It's been, it's been a, you know, it's been a, a struggle, I guess, trying to fit all the pieces together, these new pieces, and it's like putting a puzzle together and, and you don't have the cover, and you don't know what the picture looks like. You have a rough idea that you're assuming it's, it's a rectangular shape, but you're not quite sure. I lay awake at night thinking, like, what am I doing? Like, what am I doing? Like, where, where, you know, day after day after month after year goes by and I still am not back at where I wanted to be or where I think I should be or where I, I feel I should be. And, and, you know, these panic attacks of, you know, I'm, what if I never work a proper job again? I see these working professional working women with their business suits and I think oh that, that looks so great and they look so good and they must be so happy and and of course I'm not living in their shoes I'm sure their their mornings are, are frantic and I'm sure they wish that they could spend more time with their kids but I always get the sense that they've got it figured out I had just hoped I guess that I was going to be at this point would be a bit farther along in my career Brian is a writer in New York. He never knew his biological father and had complicated feelings around fatherhood. But then, when he had his own son, he had just finished grad school, and he and his wife made a big childcare decision. Partly because of practical reasons, because while I was in grad school, I was just doing tutoring, and I didn't have a full-time job, while my wife had a full-time job with benefits that she wanted to return to. And partly because of the emotional reasons because I I had resisted the paternal urge for so long and been so scared of it. I then decided to kind of make a 180 and, and get as close to it as I possibly could. I decided that I was going to stay home with, with my son full time while my wife went back to work, uh, which is what she wanted to do. Because it seems silly, especially in New York City, childcare is really expensive. And if I had gone back to teaching, I probably would have just been teaching solely 
to afford childcare. And I thought that I could write while my son was napping or early in the morning or late at night and try to build a career for myself. When I heard him say he would write while the baby naps, I thought the end of the story was going to be, and I never wrote again. But Brian managed to write. And despite his ambivalence about fatherhood, or maybe because of it, the thing he ended up writing most about was being a dad. And I ended up building a freelance career out of, out of that, which was a complete surprise to me and was, was totally unplanned. He put together an anthology about fatherhood, and it wasn't easy to sell it to a publisher. We have a lot of the same struggles as freelancers, where you have to keep proving yourself over and over. Even though I had a great list of authors attached to the project, and even though there wasn't quite a book like the one that I was working on out on the market, and even though I had a, a platform, I had a, I had a career, I had followers on Twitter, I had, a, I had a track record, it still was a really hard sell because the topic fatherhood is, is perceived by publishers as being relatively not sexy, and it's perceived as being something that people don't want to read about because the idea is that guys in general don't read and that women will read about motherhood, but they're not so interested in reading about fatherhood. So you have to prove yourself to publishers, and in my case, broadcasters. But you also sometimes have to prove yourself to the world. If you're a doctor, like, nobody, like, questions, like, if you say, hey, I'm a doctor, you know, no one's going to question that. No one's going to be like, oh, wow, like, you know, how long do you think you're going to be a doctor before you decide to give it up? Or, oh, you're a doctor? Where have you done your surgeries at? You know, like, tell me about your history of, doc of being a doctor. But as a creative person, you know, and I tell them, like, I'm a writer. Oh, you're a writer? Really? Where have you published? You like you have to prove yourself. Or, oh, you're a writer? How's that going? You think you're going to stick with it? And I think it's the same as being a parent. When I first started telling people I was going to be at home with my son, I had people who said, well, how long are you going to do that for? Or that must be a nice vacation. You know, like, because I think both of those activities, trying to contribute something in the creative field and also being a primary caregiver, are just ones that carry very little status and don't pay any money. You know, they're, they're heart work. It can be really tough, I think, on your self-esteem. And when I talk about it, I have to kind of be very, yeah, I am a writer and, and I do do good work and I am a, and I am a dad and, <laughs> and I love it, you know, like, and I, I'm going to keep doing it. It's not a vacation. It's not, it's not a blip. You know, it's, it's important to me. There's also the thing we have the least control over, the economy. Creative jobs are always hard to come by, but so many companies have turned all their jobs into freelance positions. Melissa lost her job a few years ago, and it was like a tether broke, and she was set loose into a wide sea. Um, in 2009, I was laid off from my job as a newspaper reporter during the recession like a lot of other journalists. And I've just been a little lost since then. She went back to school to get her teacher certification in the hopes that teaching would fulfill her the way being a journalist had. Instead, I had huge classes and a whole lot of students. 
and I didn't feel like I was able to give them very much individual attention. And I spent all my free time every night and all weekend grading or doing lesson plans, and it was overwhelming. I didn't feel like I had any sort of work-life balance. So after she had her son, she decided to leave her teaching job and stay home with him. He's the little guy you hear in the tape. Her son is now 15 months old, and what she would really like is to go back to being a reporter. But with the way the world works now, those old journalism jobs are almost non-existent. I guess I have this voice in my head saying, I need to hurry up and just find a job, any job, because my son will be in school, and otherwise, what the heck am I doing all day? And also because I want to work. I miss feeling like I'm worth something, that I'm contributing to society. I got a lot of my identity from my career and my achievements as a journalist, and I haven't really found a new way to define myself. Sometimes you do know what you want to do, but the world doesn't cooperate. I love being home with my kids. I have never been someone who feels like I need to be doing something else. Jenny is a stay-at-home mom who sent me descriptions of all the different things she loves about being with her kids. I do love being at the playground or somewhere with my kids. I feel like a really big sense of contentment when I'm with them. In college, she studied photography, but after graduating, she put it aside. She had other jobs until she started having kids. One day, after years of not taking pictures, she got a digital camera, and it rekindled her love of photography. An acquaintance asked her to host a podcast about it, and she decided to give it a try. I didn't expect to want to do something so much. I just didn't know I'd fall in love with it like this. At this stage of the game, she had thought she had her life figured out. She said the other night her family was going out to dinner after her son's hockey game, and normally that would be like the best thing in the world. But this time, she just wanted to stay home to work. If she's taking time away from her kids, she wants it to be for a good reason. What I don't want is my kids to think that I kind of watching me spinning my wheels and not being satisfied with what I was doing. And I also don't want to look back and think, I spent all that time working on something that didn't mean much or didn't go anywhere. I, that's what I don't want. I don't want to look back at it and tell a story that's like that was a waste of time. Brian said something that almost spoke directly to Jenny. He said that in creativity and parenthood, the anxieties in both activities are very similar because they both require so much faith. You're not actually able to see in the short term all the time the results of your work. You just have to hope that what you're doing today will pay off in some year's time and that it's going to lead to something beautiful and wonderful and this great contribution that that you hope to make to the world. Listening to these stories from people I've never even met in person, I thought, okay, I'm not the only one who's here. And I have to at least have some faith. You guys told me I should press on with the film, even though it's hit a wall. It sounds like you've got a very complete 
good idea for a film, I want to see your film. You're not alone in, in feeling the pressure and in feeling sometimes beaten up. And it is just tough hearing no. I've been there, and I am there a lot still. And I think that you just have to focus on the, the times that people say yes with the hope that it'll, that it'll pay off. Brian got his book published, by a division of Penguin Books, no less. So I'm going to focus on the yes, too. The granting agency said yes, and the production company I'm working with did, too. I just need to think outside the box to get this film financed. Ina told me she started a cookie business and is getting some professional satisfaction from it. She still wants back into the corporate world, but maybe this is getting back in from another angle. And right now, it's all about the other angles. Thanks to everyone who participated in this episode, and to those of you who sent in tape I wasn't able to include. If you want to know more about some of the people you just heard, I put up links to some of their websites on the First Day Back podcast site. Maria Shamus Turner was associate producer on this episode. Editing help also from Rob McGinley Myers from the podcast Anxious Machine, Jonathan Hirsch from Arrivals, and Tori Marlin. Now I just remember this. A lot of this episode was also scored by Jonathan Hirsch, and I'm super grateful for that. Other music from Silver Jews, Poddington Bear, and Noveler. I'm on Twitter at Talia Abacassis, or if you can't spell that, welcome to the story of my life, just look up First Day Back. There's also a Facebook group for updates, and if you like First Day Back, an iTunes rating or review is a super nice thing you can do to support the show. First Day Back is part of a collective of very awesome story-driven podcasts called The Herd, H-E-A-R-D. And if you like the show, you should definitely check out Neighbors by Jacob Lewis, the amazing founder of The Herd. A recent episode explores two words, highbrow and lowbrow what they mean, where they come from, and how they can keep us from seeing what a thing actually is. You'll go from Rwanda to Tennessee, from pigeon to squab, from an award-winning coffee shop, to this guy, making coffee on the side of the interstate, in a less-than-typical fashion. You don't get a sock every day on the streets. I mean, so let's be for real on that. I listened to it, and I totally loved it. You can listen to Neighbors... And check out our other shows on theherdradio.com, H-E-A-R-D. Thanks for listening. See you next time.